0: This time, debit card users are also included in the cashback fund. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Hey guys, here's part two of my recap of season 11, episode one. And after that, we go into a recap of the Vile Files episode with Schwartz and Sandoval. Enjoy and thank you so much for being here. Maybe it won't have that power over me anymore. So she's like facing her demons and I'll be able to just look at it at some bar. She doesn't even say some shitty bar, just some bar. And Dan's like, you always got me. I'll cheer you on from the sidelines. And she's like, yeah, he's like from New York. I'm only 2000 miles away. And she's like 2427 to be exact. I think I looked it up one time. Uh, so it seems like they're smitten with each other, which is great. That's what we want. Now we go over to Tom Tom. We're 30 minutes into this episode. We finally see a Lisa Vanderpump establishment for the first time. DJ James Kennedy and Ali Dally walk in. The music is like, but now whoa, 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 whoa. we see the, uh, all the the drinks, the food. It is hopping at tom tom uh everybody is there and this is where we see the man the myth the legend we see kin in a blue suit he has the dog rooked, and it says kin lisa's husband and she'd be kin god among man he's just there i swear to god they slowed this footage down um but it's just i'm so happy to see you know i'm so happy to see ken right here i can't believe yes that tom zanderville had when ariana's away I know. Jacuzzi um, jacuzzi I know. Well. I know. I know. I can't believe yeah? that. Are you spreading? I this? can't believe that. I, can't, I can't believe Lisa won't have me have lines in Tom Tom's thing. I can't believe that. I'm a star. I did so much for jacuzzi's last season. I can't believe that. Okay, and then we see Lisa Vanderpump. I'm walking into Tom Tom, this place I created with Nick Lane. And DJ James Kinney's like, where where do I set up? In the balcony right there. Oh, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. She's like, are you excited to be here? So excited, Lisa. When are you going on? And he's like, I would go on whenever you tell me you're the boss. Oh, I'd like to hear that, you naughty boy. And then we see Schwartz slow-mo walking into the restaurant. They don't ID this guy. You need to ID this guy. He's Wiley. And she's like, come on, go do what you're supposed to supposed to be doing, DJ James Kennedy, riling this crowd up, making them thirst for drinks. And then we see Sheena and Lala walk in. Schwartz is like hugging the bartenders like, bro. Oh, my God. What's going on? Uh, Sheena hugs Lisa. Everybody's hugging each other. Lala's in this like one piece suit. And then you see Katie and Ariana walk in together arm in arm. And Katie's like, remember when we first walked in here, when it first opened up, how excited we were. And they do flash back to that first night of them walking in together. Katie has long hair and they were just so excited for their men. And it kind of did, I mean, that's what this show has. It, sh- it does have this history and it has this history of relationships and friendships. And that's sometimes where the real housewives sometimes have gotten it wrong, where they have to build up to relationships because they don't actually cast real friend groups. But these people have been with each other so long so they can flash back to these things. And it kind of does tug at your heartstrings a little bit. So they walk into this and you're remembering the first time they walked in, they come back and it was like, hi, hi. Oh my God, she's here. And Aaron is like, I have to sit right here again. They're Like, what do you mean? That's where I sat the last time I was here, the night she found out. And Lisa's like, hello. Oh my God, you're here. We have a surprise for you. Tom Zanderball and the most accurate. What's up, dude? Like, wouldn't that be great? And Lisa just totally fucks her. I like, ah, I'm sorry. We're filming a show. Nickelane. Anyways, they're like, oh, no, no, face over here. And Lola's like, how are you feeling about all that? And Ariana's like, I'm really shaky, actually. And she's like, are you? And she's like, well, you're in better company this time. She's like, yeah. And then we see DJ James Kennedy behind the ones and twos. Who's ready to party? Guys, die! All right. And, you know, everybody's like, yay, DJ James Kennedy. They're filming them. It's just a real fun environment. Logan the Tom Tom manager is in a very sleek suit with one of those cool necklaces. I wish I could pull these kind of necklaces off. Like I just wish I could just be styled one day for clothes, clothing that fit my, my thick and chunky body. Um, anyways, he's like, you guys want to drink? Um, and then this is when Schwartz pulls up at the same time. And he's just, you can tell he feels so awkward around Ariana. And he's like, uh, ha, 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 hi, Ar- hi, Ariana. What's... Ha, hi, uh. And Ariana's like, Hey, hey. And I a talking day, he's like, Oh, man, she's got the wall up, dude. She's an ice queen. Yeah. I understand that she has this exalted status. Queen Ariana, patron saint of scorned women, you know? But like, until the ice melts with her, I just have a feeling it's going to be really hard to make any inroads with the rest of these girls. No, it's not. And also... Fuck you! That is a shitty thing to say in a talking head, Schwartz. Because you know that plays into this bullshit of like Ice Queen, the Exalted One, Patron Saint of blah blah blah. And this is the shit that you put that shit in people's ears, and they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe she." Like I just thought it was one of the shittier lines of the nights. And then Schwartz goes over and talks to a bartender. He's like, "Kevin," and he's like, "What's going on, Daddy uh How you feeling?" And he's like, "Um, I'm okay." Um, could I have a hug? eh, Kevin, could I have a hug? He literally says, can I have a hug? (laughs) Isn't like Tom Sandoval's assistant Ann Schwartz, you should not be asking employees behind the bar for a hug. You're going around asking employee, could I, could I have a hug? Like at the night when they're counting their tips. Hey, did, um, the, the, our, one of our owners ask you for a hug tonight? Oh yeah. He asked me too. Did he ask you? He sure did. Like Schwartz shouldn't be going around asking people on the clock for hugs. Anyways, they're like, okay, I need a drink. And fast, Ariana says. They're all talking. Lisa goes over and kind of pats Ariana like, are you are you all right, clever girl? You know, uh. it's all kumbaya. And uh, they're like, this is just weird, Ariana. And she's like, I didn't expect to really feel all of this coming up right now. She says in a talking head, you, you know, you think it's just a place or it's just a chair. Uh, it's a table, whatever. And I've sat in this table so many times, but now this time it's just really It's just really kind of taking over my memories of this place. And we then do a flashback of Ariana telling Tom Sandoval, it's like, Tom, this place, it just looks unbelievable. And he's like, Ariana, there's two of the most happiest years of my life. The year we first started dating and this year. And she's like, well, then what's going to happen, you know, in the future? He's like, it's going to be even better it wasn't it wasn't and then we go to the you know the ribbon cutting ceremony where the toms are in the motorcycle outfits and he's like i have you know and then we have that scene where it's in tom tom and she's crying i believe this is after like a dinner with Stasi and lola potentially and she's just really bummed out she's wearing one of those mumford and sons hats that kyle richards loves and she's like i have people in my life that think i'm fucking cool as hell and santa was like i think you're fucking cool with hell dude i do and she's like thank you um and she's like, I would, I would rather you live your truth um, totally than hide something from me ever. I wouldn't want you to be any other way. She's like, can we please come home? Can we please go home? He's like, yeah, let's get out of here. And I got to tell you, I remember that scene so specifically. And I thought it was the most beautiful scene. I really did. And that's why I really thought, oh man, they are the real deal. And for a time they probably were the real deal, but that's like, that's it like i bought in i thought it was so sensitive of him i thought he just understood so well and then we have more scenes of like him in the tom tom outfits like blowing kisses at ariana during like gay pride and then we see ariana crying at the opening and hugging tom we see katie hugging schwartz and you just realize there is so many memories at this place and that's why like i said this that's why this show is powerful as much as we joke and laugh about it it does have just this emotional resonance to it don't laugh at me when i say that you okay, we come back, all the ladies around the table, and they're like, yeah, it's all the bad bitches. And Lisa's like, oh, that's you ladies, not me. And Lola's like, you're the baddest bitch of them all. And we see Jesse Montana come over and say hey to Ariana. And Jesse Montana, our prayers, our good thoughts go out to him. Uh, he had, a, a, I think, a, a brain aneurysm or something like that. I, um, I hope everybody donated to him. I donated to him. Um, it, it was very sudden. Uh, I haven't heard an update. I hope he's doing great. He, uh, has worked at Surf forever. He was on the podcast a long time ago, a really nice guy. So he's saying hi to Ariana and Schwartz again, sneaks up. He's like, Oh, uh, hey, hey, Jesse, what's going on? Uh, Hey Ariana. Oh, uh, what's going on? Ariana. And Ariana just kind of ignores him. He's like, it's good to see you here. It really is. And, um, Lala at this point said, Hey, Lisa, can I can I pull you for a second? Can I can I have a chat with you? It's like, How are you, dear girl? I'm okay. I'm feeling and Lala's like, I'm feeling a lot of different ways about like this Raquel situation, Lala says. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Here we go. After like taking a step back, she says, What Raquel said, you know, if basically, if I basically go against Tom, I don't have anybody. And we flash back to Rachel three months earlier, which is like, I feel like Tom is the one person that I have. And I just like um went and betrayed him. Then I really have nobody. And it's really, really dark watching that again. But Lala goes, what I can relate to is feeling isolated and feeling like the person who has made you feel like they're the only one and you know at like that's the last person but if you go against them you have nothing i know what it's like to have a man in front of you she says in a talking head painting a beautiful picture saying you're the one for me you're my soulmate and you see what your future could be with this person uh and you're willing to fucking risk it all lala says so much so that i ignored everyone around me telling me girl you're the other woman uh, it was quite surprising. Oh, no. At uh, least, like, it was quite surprising that she had the balls to go against him, really. And Lala's like, No, I know. And, like, I know that feeling of, like, I- I'm going to tell the truth because that's what feels natural to me. And the hardest part about it is, like, in another talking head with Lala, she says, um, You know, all the names that I was called, me being labeled a home wrecking whore, like, if you just lay it out there, they're all true. And she's crying in this scene with Lisa. Now, this is an interesting scene if you look from it from a production angle as well, because Lisa is kind of giving this under the table compliment to Rachel of like, I didn't know, dear clever girl, I didn't know she had the balls to do that. And at this moment, Ken, you know, I can't believe that. No, I mean, so Lisa's giving her a compliment and, you know, Lala and Lisa are sitting there, you know, kind of talking, uh, you know, about Lala in a good way. And I thought this was also really powerful in Lala facing, you know, or being able to realize her own behavior in terms of Randall. Like Lala and like a lot of us, it takes years sometimes to process this, but we've all been in those relationships where you would say or do anything for that person. They make you feel like it's, you know, you guys against the world, like, you know, us against the world. And Randall made Lala feel like that. But I think that's really interesting that, you know, we saw those scenes on Vanderpump Rules where they did call her a home wrecking whore. And she's like, at the end of the day, that was all true. But the thing with Lala, though, is, you know, we've seen her fight tooth and nail saying, no, no, that's not true. It's not true at all. You don't know. You don't know. So it's hard, though, because it's hard to ever really fully trust Lala because she is so good at. I don't want to say lying because that's not what it is. She feels like she's lying for a reason, but she's really good and passionate about it where she will shout you down. she will out talk you. She'll, I mean, you know, we've seen her go off on Raquel all those times on episodes, but in this, she's actually saying, I kind of understand where Rachel is coming from. And then you start to see, wow, they really did think Rachel was coming back. They really did. And they were kind of laying the building blocks for potential scenes that rachel could potentially have she'd have one with lisa she'd have one with lala so they knew a way to utilize rachel even though ariana was like no and that would have been really interesting to see um because ariana would have been put through hell would have been victimized in a kind of a complete other way as well i mean it wouldn't have stopped them from doing it but we would have seen that um lisa's like i'm happy to see that you're not as like you know, um, uh, you know, rigid in your position on her. Nicolene. Uh, oh, um, she's like out of all of them, La is actually the last person that I would expect to have empathy for Raquel, especially after their interactions. We see the 2018, you know, you're a Bambi-eyed bitch. 2019 uh the reunion when she's like i wasn't your best friend ho and dj james kennedy was like i was a kid i was 25 <laughs> that was at the reunion i mean lala went so hard at rachel at the reunion but now here we are three months later and everything's like yeah it's okay it's uh, i feel her. so maybe if there's room for forgiveness from lala the others will come around who knows So in the scene, she's like, maybe she could do with somebody to talk to, Lala. Oh, I love you. Lisa just being happy. of like, oh, we found a way to get her in a scene. All right. Yes. So we have this little scene. Oh, darling. Oh, goodbye. And she's like, have a lovely night, Lisa. I'll see you soon. Uh, Okay, get out of here. Have a good night. And Lala kind of walks off. We don't know where she's walking off to, but we do see it's daylight still or like kind of, you know, dusk in the background, which is interesting because the next scene it's dark out in the alleyway. DJ James Kennedy is performing for all of his fans. He's like, yes. All right. All right. And then we have Katie and Sheena talking and basically like, Oh, this is fun. And, um, Katie's like, I'm not really wanting to revisit anything of what happened last summer. I want to know that I can trust you with small things, Sheena. I, I do like hanging out with you. But when I'm talking to you about what I'm doing, who I'm dating, that it's not going to be used against me. Because we did see that Sheena kind of did use that against, uh, you know, against her last season in regards with Schwartz. And Katie felt betrayed for that. And Sheena's like, I'm so sorry for that. It'll never happen. Uh, in a talking head. She said, last summer, I was completely ready to write off my relationship with Katie. I mean, especially after so many years of feeling like I've always having to walk on eggshells around her. And we get flashbacks of Katie in 2013 saying, shut the fuck up. 2016 going, Sheena, you can't accept you fucked up. Uh, 2022, say the fuck out of my divorce. You're a troll. Oh, I'm a troll. She's like, but in putting our differences aside for Ariana, we realize we do still like each other. Sheena said. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red or Go to try firstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Try slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end versatile pieces. At prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Plus, it's much easier to bond with Katie uh, now that we have a common enemy and we don't have just one. We have two. Um, and she was like, I do want to get back to where you know we were, but better because it's like, look at our two best friends. Like I would love for the four of us, Lala and Ariana, to continue you know, growing these friendships. And, you know, Kate's like, maybe we just do like a girl hang uh tomorrow night, it's like I'm free. And Katie's like, I'm always free. I do want to talk about the Katie Sheena relationship because it is interesting. I mean, Sheena was on my podcast before all this blew up and talking about that Katie stuff. I mean, there's not been a lot of love lost over the years from them. And if you watch this show, you've seen that and the the Stasi of it all. And Sheena was an easy punching bag, you know, and I know they feel they feel right you know i it's so hard like personal relationships everybody has their reasons at the end of the day nobody truly thinks they're being mean just to be mean even though it comes off that way um but it is good to see you know they're really wanting to try to make this work you know there's play in that and that's kind of nice to see so now we go into the back alley of tom tom and like i said this is a cold unfeeling alley it looks like a chemical plant of some sort and then she's like okay rachel maybe i have her blocks trying to find her okay okay she's not blocked on my end now okay what raquel did what she said lala says in a talking head how she went about things was so fucking stupid um and then we hear her leave a, a voice note hey raquel um, I'm sure I'm like the last person, uh, that, uh, you expected to hear from. Um, I hope that you're doing okay. And, uh, but as someone who knows what it's like, she says in the talking head to walk through life and see comments about being a mistress. Uh, I don't want her to wear that forever. And then the voicemail, she continues. I don't know if you're back in LA or not, but, um, I'd like to have a conversation with you at some point. If you're open to that um so uh all right okay all right uh hope to talk to you soon <laughs> have a nice summer and then she puts in she's like oh my god she saw it so we see that rachel already has seen this voicemail and i thought rachel only got her phone uh at the facility once a day but who knows at that point and Also, I I do wonder on Rachel's podcast if we're going to hear this voice note that Lala left, because I would imagine she's able to play that since it was left for her. But who knows? Who knows if we will hear that? Um, Let me know if she's already talked about it on the podcast. Um, But we see this and this is like a big, you know, because Ariana doesn't know that she was off doing this. Ariana is allegedly in Tom Tom, right? You know, 30 feet away from her right now. And it's wild. And a lot of people are like, oh, she just did this. Like she had to do this for production and maybe, but I also want to believe that Lala actually has the strength of her convictions and she's doing this because she truly does feel this and not because she knows it's a good storyline for her. Um, But she's like, oh my God, I'm going to shit my pants. Oh my God. Oh my God. So she's nervous about this. We go back into the bar and there's just flashbacks of Sandoval. There's flashback of the mustache and we see Ariana dancing in slow motion on the table and you see a wall of fans like taking pictures and we see like intercuts of Ariana screaming at Tom and it's really dark. And this is what pisses me out. This is what I saw that Facebook comment earlier of like, I can't believe she's dancing on the table. Like, Dude, she's out there in a party environment. She's trying to actually have a good time there. Like my God, everything she does now, she's an asshole for doing. I just don't understand that, uh, that way of thinking at all. Like, I just, I mean, come on, wouldn't you do the same in some sense? If you're out, you know, everybody's having a good time and you're currently, like, I don't know. Anyways, now we're back over at Schwartz's, uh, plants house and Katie's there. <laughs> Katie knocks on the door. He's like, Oh, what's up? Come on in. Um, Hey, and Gordo and Butters, their dog. She's picking them up. And she's like, I, he's like, I just gave him oatmeal baths. And I pl- I pl- I plucked his dingleberries today. I rewashed his little butt too. And I just kept thinking, I was like, when is the last time Schwartz has clipped his own dingleberries and washed his own little butt? You know, Katie says, after 12 years together, five of which we were married, uh, I'm happy to say that Schwartz is not my problem anymore. And that has got to be so freeing to think and he's like oh i want to chill for a second and katie just says oh sure it is just so unenthusiastic it's like oh, i guess i feel like i'm in hell but i guess i'll do it it's just it's like you it's like another window you just almost have like a trigger you're like oh god it's like how they used to talk to each other and we get a flashback of like schwartz belittling her of like you gotta stop being so emotionally entitled and um, then Katie forget forbid me to make out with her. And I kind of felt like sticking it to the man when I made out with Raquel. And then another scene from last season where he's like, oh my God, I so do not miss Katie in any way, shape or form. And I got to say, like, we all know that's bullshit. Like people say that shit. And like, we know Schwartz didn't mean it, but he always talked about her so fucking negatively that it's like, I got to imagine like Katie's used to it by now because her life's on TV, but that's just like, damn, it's like, just, Schwartz would just get to that point where he felt so comfortable with taking it over that line. And he's usually, you know, like, Oh, woe is me. I'm a cute teddy bear. But then that's like just hurtful shit. And it's just, she's so used to it. Anyways, Katie's like, so the power dynamic shift is me saying no, you know, no. He's like, Oh, did you have fun last night at Tom Tom? He was like, I was like reading the room, like feeling out the energy, and like Ariana is just not happy with you. Maybe if it comes up and it feels right in the moment, like you can be like, you know, I know Schwartz would love to chat with you, but you know, like whenever you're ready, you know. I don't know. I don't know. And Katie's like, well, I just think maybe you should just text her and say, I would like to talk to you. Um, I think she blocked me. And he's like, Okay, well, then don't. Um, okay, no. Um, I just miss our little whatever. Like, I literally love Ariana, you know? Um, and Katie's like, well, she's a lot cooler than Tom Sandoval. That's for sure. Um, and I, it just, and then shorts like he's with the drill sergeant. He's going to boot camp right now. Um, <laughs> I, it's just so crazy that he wants Ariana's forgiveness, but, He should also be asking for Katie's forgiveness. This was done to Katie as well. Like the trio of them, Rachel. And Rachel honestly seems to be the only person that seems to be truly mortified with all of this and actually took appropriate actions. But Schwartz and Sandoval and Rachel plotted against both of them. They kept this secret from Ariana, Schwartz and Sandoval and Rachel, but they also did this to Katie and they led Katie to believe that this that Rachel was after Schwartz. Like they thought they were being so smart and sly. And that's the part that keeps getting let out there. They, they really tried to sell this narrative. They really did. And Schwartz is like, oh, I'm just being a good friend. And Katie's like, well, I hope Tom Sandoval cries a lot at uh, his little boot camp. And Schwartz is like, I mean, he does. He cries a lot. He does. And Katie just gives a look like, oh, dude, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, now we show up at the den with all the girls for Girls' nights. And so they're all walking up, Sheena and Ariana, Katie and Lala. And this is a place right off Sunset, the den. And (laughs) they just all walk in. They're all like, oh, you look hot. No, you look hot. You look hot. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so warm. I got this. I grabbed the jacket. And they're ordering. And uh, yeah, I don't know why they choose to leave orders in these shows. Like, is it like, because Lala orders orders food with like a lot of ranch. She's like, Oh my God, can we get sides of ranch to dip the fries in? I just want a ranch. That Lala says was like, shout out to Stasi, queen of ranch. And then she was like, Oh my God, did you see my Amazon live? Or like Lala was like, did you see my Amazon live? And they're all just girl talking. And I'm just wondering this whole time. Is this where Lala is going to tell Ariana about having reached out to uh, R- Rachel? Anyways, Katie says, Hey, I saw Schwartz today. And, um, you know, we got the pets and then Schwartz, like we find out shows Katie, his bug collection. And we flashback to five hours earlier and Katie's face looks disgusted as he's pulling out bugs. He's like, look at them. And she's like, oh, I hate it. She's like, oh, do you want to hold him? And it's like these little beetle bugs. I don't know. And I will say, once again, this worries me because I don't know if you guys remember Dog, D-A-U-G. It was their their lizard that lived less than one year, and they did a funeral for Dog. I always call it not jumping the shark, but jumping the dog, uh, because that's when I thought, oh my God, this show is going downhill really fast. And I also don't know if Schwartz is in a position where you should have any kind of animals, reptiles, insects, anything like that. Anyways, so uh, that was interesting, and it just gave me really bad dog um flashbacks but then Katie's like oh anyways short said he's missing you ariana she's like well that's too bad and then lala goes can i play devil's advocate for one moment and ariana's like oh my god and a talking head, she goes the devil doesn't need any more advocates and that's so true like even me like i'm always like like we don't need like don't the devil's the, the, the devil's there's a reason they're the devil they don't need advocate like do not we always don't need the other side of things sometimes there actually is just right and wrong Uh, She's like, I do think Schwartz needs to like make some moves, Lala says, and change like the direction of his life. But like you're also having to think about like the amount of like mental abuse that Sandoval has inflicted upon him for many fucking years. It's the levels and the layers of unlearning that I've only just started Ariana says I want to get closer to Katie for like a long time I wanted to get closer to Katie for a long time and I was always hesitant because Tom Sandoval Ariana says would constantly be like just be careful dude just be careful and Lala's like well do you feel like that's still happening because I feel like you have your guard up with me still and this is very this is a really interesting kind of you know, because it says Tom really was in these people's ears, but also with the Schwartz thing of like Schwartz having to unlearn all of this patterns of behavior with Sandoval. Well, we know Schwartz didn't really unlearn anything because he's there with on the vial files. He's there with Sandoval still all the time. They're like back, back in business, but also Schwartz is a grown man. You know, he is a grown man in his forties that at this point, you know, he can say like, oh, I guess I'm just being pushed around. But he knows he isn't like he or he he doesn't care. At the end of the day, he has autonomy of his own body. He can do what he wants. And I think that's what the point is that even Ariana is making. But now Lala says, I feel like you have your guard up uh, uh, with me. I can't tell if you like like me, Lala says. And she starts tearing up. Um, I feel like you just tolerate me at times. And Ariana's like, what? Um, I like you. What are you talking about? I, I totally like you. And she's like, no, I just. uh, <sighs> Like, I know I can be like very, very intense, Ariana. Um, But I think behind closed doors, like I'm very sensitive. And Ariana's like, we're very similar that way. But I just feel like I've been a dog in everyone's fight. And I really feel like I've just left to kind of defend myself a lot of the time. Uh, In a talking head, she says, Ariana has always been a tough one to crack. Uh, And I feel like that's been our biggest downfall. I don't know how, how to have like a real friendship when someone shuts me out and i mean lala's smart lala get like and this is the thing too is like dude lala has like said so much this is where lala's like kind of serpent tongue will get her into trouble because she's talked so much smack about ariana on this show and even in interviews and things like that where it's like why wouldn't she have her guard up around you like why wouldn't she Like, you have to understand. So, like, it's interesting, though, because you do know that Lala is extremely sensitive, but at the same time, she puts herself in these situations a lot of the times. And she then can, like, talk about it in a very, like, intrinsic, like, a very smart fashion. But it's like, you still did these things where people might not trust you. I mean, you even, like, hooked up with Ariana a little bit in the backseat of that, that. The truck or whatever that Sandoval was driving around in. And then you still went on to make fun of her and like talk down about her. So, of course, she has her guard up. Anyways, Ariana's like, Well, I'm sorry that I didn't trust your judgment. And Sheena's like, I do think you guys need like a you moment, like you and La La. And Sheena's always just standing up for everybody. Um, and she's like, well, I don't want you to feel like that, babe. I don't want you. And she hugs Lala. I want us to like inner circle our asses. Now, Ariana says, which is just so wild because this is the person that went and left a voice note for Rachel. So Ariana's like, you know what? I do trust you. I do. Let's just be an inner circle. Let's be here for each other. And I just think it's like such a wild moment because of the moment that comes next, And she's like, okay, well, with the moment that we just had, Ariana, like, I feel like I need to be very, very honest with you. And she's like, yeah. Well, like, the last five minutes of the Raquel thing, there was one thing that she said in that, which was like, if I don't basically follow what Tom has told me, and Ariana's shaking her head, like, yep, uh huh. Well, I don't feel like I'm going to have anybody. I was like, I am feeling like um, I don't want her to wear this for the rest of her life. And Ariana's just staring. So I want you to know, and Ariana's shaking her head. Yeah. Um, I sent her a message last night. And Katie, by the way, look at Katie putting a fry in her mouth, and her face is like, oh, shit. No, she did it. Oh, my God. It was like us, the viewer, like Katie was like, no. And Ariana, you just like, wait, what? Z-? Like, retro record tracks, like, her, what? What did you do? And I think even I was like, whoa, because that's dark after she's saying, why don't you trust me? Why don't you let me in? Are you do you just tolerate me? And then she says she does this. We come back from commercial and Ariana is just staring at Lala and everybody's staring at them. And Ariana's like text or like a voice and Lala's like a voice note. And Ariana talking said, it's kind of wild if you think about it, because for maybe a year and a half, if anybody interacted with Lala's ex, Randall, she was ready to like murder him, cut his balls off. Fuck you. And we flash back to that when I hear people are going and communicating with that person, Lala says, I don't want you in my circle. Well, Ariana goes, I just feel like if the shoe were on the other foot and I was reaching out to Randall's mistress, I don't think Lala would be very happy with me. And in the scene, she goes, My feeling is that whatever work she's doing, Ariana says, I hope the best for her, you know, over there, but she's still doing the same stuff. She's still in contact with him, and they're sending packages back and forth to each other. Wouldn't it be great if they're actually just drug drug mules? Like, it's just, like just uncut cocaine being sent back and forth. Anyways, Ariana's like, I know they're still in communication. And Lala goes, but but hear me out. We're talking about my ex asked me to sign in NDA. And Katie's like, but Lala, your ex does not, it doesn't always apply. And Ariana goes, she knew better. And Lala goes, right. And I think that really, and I, you know, she literally came over my house one time when I was crying. That was like maybe January. And it was very clear that Tom and I were still together and she was there consoling me. And... Lala's like what she did to Ariana is fucked up but at the same time at what point do I sit there and go like I know this feeling I know this feeling and Katie's like what she's saying is the feeling is the same but I'm just saying the people are different the players are different and Lala goes no she was like you know you guys and they're all kind of just Sheena is trying to jump in now you know, Sheen is now saying, like, I brought her into this loop. I, I, I brought Rachel and what she did to me. You don't forget about that. And Lola's like, no, I would never forget about that. And she's like, okay. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. And in a talking head, she's like, I feel like it was, it's the only thing Raquel did wrong was fall in love with her best friend Sandoval, that one day maybe we could still have been friends. But that is not the only wrong thing that she did. But the bitch put a temporary restraining order out on me, and that has changed everything. She's like, My nails, I can't make a fist. Ariana's like, For me, I worry that there are certain people in the world that look at those types of conversations as like a foot in the door. And, you know, there is no foot to be had here, Ariana says and lala's like i want you to know i am in your corner lala says I don't want to upset you because I really do. And she's like, no, no, I trust me. I'm not. And Lala goes, are you seeing me right now? Are you seeing me? And Lala's like, yeah, yeah. I love you. I love you too. And they smile. And Lala's like, this was like a very good girls' night. I'm like, was it? Oh my god. Oh my god. I feel like so awkward. Um, And then they all cheers. But that is the thing. is That that foot in the door. That's what you got to worry about, right? Ariana's right. Like, I do know. And at that point, she doesn't know Rachel's intentions. She doesn't know. Rachel, like for all they know, like Rachel's completely in love with tom she she doesn't know rachel's state of mind nobody did at that point i think production or probably alex baskin was in touch with rachel and her mom but at this point it was this big question mark not everybody knew where she was at uh i just think it is interesting that uh you know i think if anything ariana probably walked away from filming of like yep uh we're filming a new season again and now we go to the last scene where a car pulls up to Tom and Ariana's house. And guess what? Tom Thanaval walks out. We, he Finally, he, put, he puts his keys in the door. He didn't forget him like that time he forgot his keys and then had sex with Rachel in the front. No, not this time. He has his keys. He walks into a very empty house, just very symbolic, just all alone. And he's like, hello, what's up? And he pulls his suitcase up the stairs. And that's where we end this episode. We are back, baby. We did it. And then we have this season on Vanderpump Rules where a bunch of crazy stuff happens. What did you guys think? Remember, temper your expectations. It's going to start small, but like it is fascinating. And then if you throw these Num nuts podcasts on top of it, you're like, oh, God, the darkness, the sickness, the mental uh gymnastics that we're gonna have to do this season i hope you will stay with this podcast and join us all season long as i drive myself insane trying to figure out the mystery of why we're all douchebags (laughs) i hope you had some laughs today and don't worry this is part one part two i'm going to be talking about nick vile's podcast with sandoval and schwartz so join me on part two make sure you're subscribed i know i release way too much content but i truly love what i do um I think I love what I do. No, I do love what I do, and I'm really lucky to be doing it. And thank you guys for uh, joining me today for this Vanderpump Rules season eleven episode one. And uh, click on over for part two now for the Nick Vial podcast. Bye, you guys. What's up, guys? Night. Okay, we are back. Okay, we're gonna um, I'm gonna break down the Viali uh, Fiali's, the Vial Files episode with Schwartz and Sandoval. and uh yeah it uh this was wild this is wild uh like i said earlier in the the previous episode with the recap i thought this was going to kind of be fun and it was not that um there are a couple moments where i was just slack jawed and i'm sure uh everybody over the file files are like my god this is gold but it was uncomfortable Um, and it wasn't like Nick was like fully, I mean, Nick was kind of telling, you know, the truth on how he, he saw it, but it, you know, it never really led to any kind of resolution. And Tom seemed very, uh, set in his ways. Uh, Sandoval seemed very set in his ways. And then, you know, Schwartz was being the Sandoval whisperer and, Oh no, I don't think he means this. And he shows up. I mean, he's late. He's late it starts with, just Schwartz himself solo It was like already you're like, oh, this is good. This is wild. And I mean, I was just like I said, I thought this was like a bit at first. I thought they were doing this maybe to drive clicks and stuff. But I, I at the end of it, I was like, no, I, I think this was all pretty real unless Sandoval's trying to fully lean into the villain role. But even that, it's just. It's uncomfortable even in the villain role, even if you were to look at it some kind of Andy Kaufman performance art-esque. It's just not even that. Um, and it's it's weird. It's uh it, this whole thing, it feels like a fever dream. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a couple things right off the bat. Uh the, the thing that worries me the most: Tom owns a shotgun. Sannibal owns a shotgun. I want to take this moment to think, I think Sanival's awesome. Uh, whatever I've said in the past, like Sannibal owns two weapons. What? ah, ah, that put the fear of God into me immediately. Now this is my first time listening to the vile files. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've heard clips and stuff like that, or I've seen TikToks, but it was good. I mean, like it was, uh, this is the kind of guest you want somebody that is willing to hang themselves. Um, the art of conversation. Uh, it was, it, you know, the, I don't know if this was like the art of conversation because I mean, he, he, this is the thing, this is what I've said is that Sandoval is really like this, this really fun guy to hang out with. I don't think verbal communication, you know, like I think he's so passionate, but I think verbal communication, it's, it's a lost art on him. And that's fine because not everybody, that's not their strength. Like Sandoval doesn't have to be that, but that's why I thought it was so weird that he had a podcast because that's not his strength. Um, so when you, when he puts himself in these situations, he gets, uh, it's not tongue tied, but Ariana said it best a long time ago. I think she said like, she said this before, but I know she also said this on my podcast where, you know, even at the reunions, it was good that they kind of worked off each other because she always knew what he was trying to say. And he would just have a hard time communicating that. So It's, it's like a death mission for Tom going into these scenarios. We had the Howie Mandel interview, and then we had this interview and he made himself look horrible on both. And my worry is if, you know, he's going to ruin it for all the rest of us interviewing these people ever. Like, I don't want to interview Sandoval. Um, but at the same time, I just, I get scared where they're like, Oh my God, tomorrow production is going to be like, sorry guys, nobody can do any more podcasts this season. That was rough. Or are they like, Oh great. We can put this into the villain narrative but i just don't think tom did himself any favors on doing this like you know nick obviously gave him this if we want to call it an opportunity but also this is good for nick it's like a two-way street uh it's helpful for the downloads i'm sure this will be number one i'm sure this will get such amazing downloads and especially all of us passing it around and talking about it that's all good right you i guess you kind of want that but you know he he it's not like Nick made him look bad, obviously, but yeah, this was not a smart move on Sandoval's part at all. So it starts off with Schwartz, you know, they do like 30 minutes of talk between him and his girl and the, you know, like, and that was fine. And then Schwartz gets in there and we immediately know that like Schwartz isn't there. He's like, oh, um, I know, no, he knows dude. Like he know, no, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen um i texted him um yeah no 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 and you know Nick's like does he have an assistant who could like go knock on his door and see and then schwartz gives us our first big reveal oh no his assistant just resigned last week um we're on tst you know what that is tom sandoval time T S hey babe you're on tft right now dude tom sandoval time um and I think that is just why it's really wildly unprofessional. And I didn't realize fully that Tom was like that. Just fly by the seat of your pants. Don't show up for appointments. And especially like a bigger podcast like this. That's wild. Um, and I wonder if Schwartz was panicking at all. It's was like, oh no, I'm going to have to do this solo, man. But also, and his assistant, who was the one that had to glue together the penis flute, which by the way, I would have thought that would have been her last day but she just resigned. I wonder if, I mean, she seems like a really nice person. Hopefully that was all, you know, I hope uh, I, I don't, we didn't get really much more about that. So I don't know if it was a contentious, it was like an angry leaving. I did hear that I am, um, this isn't a joke. I heard that Ann is starting her own podcast and I would just, I, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted on stuff like that because if she starts her own podcast, I mean, I think do people, when you get to a certain level, you do need to have people that work for you sign NDAs because there is just kind of like shit that like is supposed to be in a working environment you're not supposed to be taught. Like, so I would think, and would be smart enough to not then just blast all that out on a podcast, uh, even though I'm sure we would all love to listen to it. I think there are, I don't know. I am still of a mind of like, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta be able to like trust people that work for you to some degree. Um, so anyways, Tom's not, uh, Tom's not there. And he's like, oh, production, like secretly gives Tom an earlier call time or a late one or like, oh no, earlier, um, call time, like 30 minutes ahead, just knowing he'll be late. He's chronically late. I'm just not that person. And I get really nervous when I am going to be late. And I over apologize. just like, I just, that is just a bad habit to get into. And, uh, so, so Todd Schwartz is like, I guess it's just me. Okay. All right. All right. Um okay this is great great. Um no this is cool. And they're kind of just joking Schwartz is trying to be charming and Schwartz was Kind of the whole time. Schwartz really is just good at like trying to be charming and unassuming and it'll throw some compliments out there. Also, the actor Brecken Meyer from Clueless lives next door, which I was wondering: was he the one that was complaining about Tom's LED lights? That Tom was like, if it's like freedom of speech, dude. That's all my LED light usage is protected under America's freedom of speech, man. So they're still joking. Maybe Brecken can knock on the door. And, uh, you know, they're just bullshitting and we, uh, this is so ridiculous, but Nick hits him with a, you know, and by the way, you know, it is very interesting. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, but it is interesting. Nick's style is just like, really like, just very like this, and just very like, you know, just gonna tell you the truth, right? You know, and I'm really gregarious and hyper. So it is interesting to hear that uh dichot- the, the the different dynamics that somebody has. And he hits him with like, Have you ha- like, have you ever asked yourself like why you're still friends with that guy? And he's like, Oh Jesus, um, yeah, I've I know I've done some uh reflecting for sure. Like, um, but the pros outweigh the cons, dude. Like, I made a list and he's like, You did? And he's like, Yeah. And then he's like, "Do you have the list? Oh no, no, I don't have it. Like, could you imagine? I would love to have seen Schwartz's list of like pro. Um, he he's given me money before. Con, he used my apartment as a fuck pad for him and Rachel at one. point. <laughs> um, and then Schwartz is like, "Oh, are we rolling? Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know we started the podcast. Okay. Um, and." Schwartz is like, oh, I'm still kind of on a high. You know, the last time I saw you, you told me I was handsome. And he's like, yeah, you're like the, the best looking guy in Vanderbilt. And you know, like, you, like it worked like a charm. I was like, I was here early, Nick. I, you know, I came down. And that's another great little thing. Like, <laughs> Nick told Schwartz he was really good looking. um, And they were like, oh, Sandoval got his feelings hurt because, you know, he said you were really good looking. And uh, he's like, it irked him. And they're like, oh, how much time should we give him? I mean, he lives five minutes away. And so they're just debating, are we going to do this? What are we going to do? Should we call him again? And it's uh it's a little bit of confusion, but it's kind of exciting to hear in a podcast when things go wrong and they're scrambling a little bit. And you can just tell I I just like the thought of Schwartz wondering if he's going to have to do this solo. And, you know, just like, oh, God, I could I got to kick up the charm offensive here. And Schwartz, like kind of compliments the podcast, compliments their episode. Um, <laughs> he's like complimenting specific episodes that they did and then he's like uh because katie's podcast with dana Catherine is on nick's podcast network right it's called disrespectfully and uh you know he's like oh i haven't listened to it yet yeah but you're working with katie um like she's in the studio next door to you um yeah oh yeah like um she's just You know, and then he starts digging a hole. He's like, you know, Katie's just, you know, she's just judged. She's very judgmental. And Nick's like, she's she's opinionated. You know, and I haven't found her to be judgmental. You know, I just found her to be opinionated. I found her to be on time. And uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, I I found her to be on time too. No, but like, I meant to say that with a sense of endearment. Endearment, like when I say Katie's a hater, I mean that I'm not. Like, I'm not backtracking sincerely though. Katie taught me that it's kind of fun and okay to to indulge in a little gossip once in a while. Like she gave me a newfound appreciation for sipping the tea in moderation, which this is just fucked up. He's literally like Santa not there. And now he's dug himself a hole where he's kind of shitting on Katie and then says, Oh, Katie gave me an appreciation for gossiping. Like, Oh no, she's not all bad. She gave me an appreciation for talking shit about people. Um, and I thought that was a funny little moment in itself. And then, you know, she was just like, um, you know, Sandoval, he's his own identity, He's his own man, and I'm not here to defend or speak on behalf of him like I've done every fucking year. But, you know, I do love the guy. Like, I don't know. Like, where do we go? Like, where do we – are we going to, like, deep dive into our dynamic? Like, probably. And Nick's like, well, I do appreciate you showing up, dude. I do. Of course, man. I've never missed an appointment or a a show, you know? And, um, you know, no. It's like – He always shows up fashionably late. So we just keep hitting that same note of Schwartz saying he's not going to defend Sandoval and then just proceeds to all he's doing is defend Sandoval. Not just like, oh, dude, this is so fucked up. Or it could have just been like, oh, man, I am so worried about him. Uh, He is just not, you know, he is not well and we shouldn't have done this. It's, you know, it's just like, no, no, I'm not defending him, dude. No, here's me defending him. And then they call him again on air and Sandoval actually picks up and they like, where the fuck are you? We're recording. And he's like, oh, shit! Oh my God. It's 290. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, Tom, we're live right now. We're live. We're recording. Get your ass over here. It's like five minutes away. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'll be right over. No. coming over oh hey send me your address send me your address dude text me your address i'm coming over and nick's like i'll resend it (laughs) like tom does not even like tom's not even aware where he's potentially going to and they're like you think he just woke up and he's like oh probably and they're like what's wrong with him i don't know man i don't know (laughs) and then (laughs) it's just it is really the blind leading the blind it feels like and at this point as a listener i'm just nervous like i'm nervous about this whole situation but in retrospect i loved that they left this part in i love that they you know pointed out that he was 45 minutes late i love this kind of awkwardness i think it actually makes the listener uh like oh i'm part of this too i'm part of this this mishap that is happening so it puts us it's like that's really important you know it's like sometimes i will purposely leave mistakes and screw-ups in the show because i'm like hey this is real this is really happening i do not know what i just said i fucked up i want that because i want the audience to realize this isn't just some like this isn't a polished turd this is just a flat out so then nick gets into with schwartz a little bit before sandoval gets there um he's like listen you know you know this show is all about learning from our mistakes you know most of us don't make the type of mistakes that tom has but tom isn't the only person who's ever been unfaithful he's not the only person who cheated sadly you know what he did so many people before him even your peers have done and yet what's been so frustrating is to see your friend tom just be so resistant to owning what he did and even conversations i have had with him it's a real challenge for him for him and towards like he's very susceptible to like indulging it you know like i don't know and they're like he's like what do you mean by that well just like instead of you know facing the issue head on he has like he tends well he's gotten a lot better about this because he's self-aware now (laughs) i like he's like self-aware like an ai robot the robot has become self-aware And then Vile's like, "Uh, do you think he's self-aware? It's like, oh no, like more self-aware. He's got like a lot more humility. And you know, like he's been humbled on a massive scale here. Um, And this is great because once again, defending him, but you also kind of go, wow, we're probably about like, I honestly, you guys, because I don't listen to Tom's podcast. So I honestly thought that like I was buttered up for like, oh my God, this is, potentially going to make me like Sandoval again because I was like oh well maybe it is going to be like Mia culpa after Mia culpa and you're going to really just feel for this dude because wow he's really facing the issue head on he's gotten so much better he's self-aware he's been humbled massive scale he's going to walk in and he's going to be great I honestly and after listening to it I felt so, so, like it was just the opposite of that whole statement uh, but then we move on because he's still not there and he starts questioning him um he goes, "Hey, um he's like, "Sure, it's why why are you friends with uh why are you why are you fuck why the fuck are you friends with Jax Taylor?" Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Biera Store, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney Plus. <laughs> um, and Shorts is like, oh, I just Shorts is like, oh, fuck. Now I'm getting asked questions about everything in my life. And he goes, um, well, what I, you know. Um, and, uh, well, friends with Jax Taylor, I don't understand the question. And it's like, well, what I know about him is like, he's only ever lied. And I think he's still lying. And didn't he say something that his wife had to correct in the media recently, which I think is referring to what he said on house of villains that his wife was suffering a stroke and like one of the parts anyways. Anyways, he's done some shit. And I say like this, having watched, and I told you the last time when I saw you that I have more empathy for Tom Sandoval, having gone back and watched old episodes of Vanderpump, not, uh, I have empathy in the fact that I like, like I think many of his peers are hypocritical and very conveniently forgetting their sins to take advantage of Tom's Jax Taylor is the ringleader of that. Nothing matters, but me energy. And I'm like, yeah, I've said that. Like I agree completely. I've said that. Yes, I agree completely. Um, and then Schwartz is like, uh, yeah. I mean, he was villain numero uno for a while there. Like he had like a dicey character at best. People are going to roll their eyes, but Jack says like, he's like a really good heart and he's been a great friend to me. And it's like, how, well, he's one of the first people I met in Los Angeles when we were coming up, when we were like going on auditions together, he got me one of my first agents, and he's always just been a great friend, very supportive of my family, if you need anything, any time money, you know, like a shoulder to cry on, which is very interesting with Schwartz and relationships, that it seems like Schwartz needs that specifically out of friends, because he gets that from Sandoval, and he gets that from Jax like, it seems like he gets the same things from these two people, but he never had to defend Sandoval in the way that he has to defend Sandoval now, but he was all always having to defend jacks i think that's very interesting it's all you know we put ourselves in these boxes and these archetypes and schwartz has put himself in this position with how he consumes his friendships and uh there you know next like he's never wronged you have you ever been on the receiving end of a jacks taylor and he's like oh yeah man i've been jaxed. no i've been jaxed for sure bro for sure it's continuing to defend like behavior by going like Um, it's like when you do a reality TV, it's like you sort of are existing in a parallel universe with a slightly different set of rules and ethics. And I hope that doesn't in any way shape or form detract from the authenticity of our show because I'm like so proud that we've never like soft scripted or contrived any moments, dude, you soft scripted and contrived your own moments. You and Sandoval with Rachel, what are you talking about? Maybe the show producers didn't, but you started to doing it. Sandoval did it. What are you talking about? But also, I think you get into trouble when all of these numbnuts with the butter brains are going, you know, you sort of exist in a parallel universe with a slightly different set of rules and ethics. But you shouldn't get used to this slightly different rules and ethics. And since you did get used to it, things like Scandiball happen, you know? I mean, I think it's like he's answering, like, it's just the way they even speak about shows how far from actual real people's realities they've gotten. And they are starting to soft script their own reality. And then Nick starts acting, asking about his relationship with Katie because Nick is saying, listen, I've only seen season one and season two and a little bit of three so far. And it seems like you've never really been team Katie in those seasons. And Schwartz, you just tell Schwartz is probably cursing Santa Claus in his head like, oh, great. Now I have to fucking talk about this shit again. But he's like, honestly, I've lost sleep over the fact that our relationship, I think overall is perceived in such a negative light, you know, because there were so many great moments in our relationship, way more good than bad. You know, we've been on so many fun vacays together. We like the one where I just had a bed full of candy for. We truly loved each other there for each other, though, through the best of times, for the worst of times. And we started dating when we both had nothing. Like we were kind of like, Perfectly imperfect, you know, like and that seems like a patented Schwartz answer. And yes, it is true. And yeah, like, yeah, the good times probably did outweigh the bad. It was just that the bad was so bad and it wouldn't lead to any more good in certain ways. Um, but he says he takes full accountability for his behavior, which I don't know. I think sometimes that's a convenient thing to say. Um, but who knows? You know, he's talking about it. But I, I do have to imagine on Katie's end, it's gotta be exhausting to sometimes keep hearing him say the thing, same things. And it's like, not not that he's a liar, but you also have to like a lot of this Katie participated in sure, but he wasn't able to change in the way that would have made them have a very successful relationship on both ends. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that is the curse of reality television is you have to keep talking about these moments in these relationships. Of course they did come from nothing and built up something together. And yes, the show in a lot of ways was luck like right place, right time. And yeah, they did, you know, like we all that we all had that relationship before, you know, so much life happened to us. And we romanticized the fact of those relationships that we had them when in fact it was just like, well, it was kind of bad, but like all of these things started happening. Um, and nobody has a perfect relationship, obviously, but I do think it's the curse of reality where you are now stuck talking about this relationship so much. And I feel like Schwartz kind of got off easy. Like I've always said last season, because scandal did happen that we didn't have to delve so much into the Katie and Tom divorce. And, you know, I always hope that Katie didn't feel gypped about that, but Katie seems kind of completely with how things worked out. Um, But I think in a lot of ways, Schwartz has escaped kind of real persecution for, quote unquote, his sins because Sandoval's were so much. Nick also points out that he got to know Tom a little bit on special forces and there were aspects of Tom that he did like. And yeah, like people are multifaceted, faceted. You are going to probably find something that you can have common ground with everybody hopefully and sandoval and schwartz like i always say are such likable guys they really really are you know and you know potentially at this point being a friend of sandoval's you're in a much better position than you would be in being in a relationship or a long-term relationship with him and you could say a little bit of that about schwartz as well but then nick also asks a question about Do you guys like, or do you feel like you haven't benefited from Scandaball when you saw a lot of your castmates benefit from it? And he's like, our bar, like our beautiful business baby. Like I just sacrificed so much for it became like this place where the affair happened. You know, Tom's the face of that place. And like, I don't want to be a baby about it, but I've never experienced the hate or vitriol on that level. It was such a ferocity. Yeah, I guess the intensity and in person and on the internet. And by the way, it wasn't just us. It was like Greg, one of the co-owners of that place was livid as well. I mean, and I like, I just think that like sometimes actions have consequences, and the right combination of that it is going to be like an Oppenheimer-sized bomb, which kind of happened. Um, but he was like, it was unrelenting, and like I felt bad that so many people who had nothing to do with it had to suffer the consequences, like our managers and like my partners in business, actually employees, like having to deal with unruly customers that come in like drunk and graffiti the bat. Like I know one person that graffitied. I think he's talking about who put like lipstick of, you know, but I mean, really, if you're going in there and making like talking shit to the employees, that's dumb as hell. Like, I mean, like I have always said that that's like just ridiculous. I really is gross. If that's something that you found funny. And I've often done things that are potentially not funny. And I even knew that that is like just taking it way too far but uh i do find it sometimes interesting that they were so surprised about the vitriol when it's like you are in reality television and you know not to steal bethany Frankel's reality reckoning but at a certain point there's a vanderpump reckoning that so many guys did such stupid things on this show that this was the one the straw that the the dick that broke the camel's back in a sense um, uh, but he's like, but no, people are lovely and like nuanced, And a lot of people came in and like, they were going through shit and like, you know, anybody would say it. like, everybody would like commiserate. And like, there were so many nice people. Like I know for a fact, so many people came in and were so loving to Schwartz in particular. And, uh, you know, I think that is something that gets left out of this as well is that Schwartz is very loved by so many people and he's so damn charming. Um. But he's like, yeah, I've had some tough conversations with friends um, about all of this. And so finally, before it gets any more awkward with this solo interview, Sandoval finally gets there and he comes in and he's brought a picture, a framed picture of Tom with the animal uh, in, was it Thailand or something that was like, you know, big and controversial. And Nick's like, that's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, why are you late? Why are you late? Like, uh, well, I'm actually glad you brought this because this, uh, this was a teachable moment. It was a, you know, teachable moment, this thing. And anyways, they're like, "Uh, let's take that picture down. And they're like, well, this was a teachable moment because I don't think a lot of people are educated on the dark side of the world, that industry. Um, Is this what Lala was talking about? And they're like, oh God, oh no. Oh no. I will say, and I don't know if I'm reading the transcript wrong, but he said like talking about this tiger incident, he's like, Oh, we've been drinking all day, dude. And we like went along with these turret tour through brought up there. And we were like, dude, dude, there's so many dudes and likes in like so many times they say, dude, bro. Like, um, he's like the whole trip was like, do as a local dude. And it was recommended as a reputable place. And in hindsight, a questionable decision. I, you know, like I was, just, I'm just not trying to get eaten by a fucking lion, you know, but I, I am confused what he said, like we had been drinking all day. So did, I know Tom ended his sobriety. So I guess this was, he ended his sobriety and then went and played with lions and tigers. Uh, Like I was kind of confused about that or I was wondering if he fudged when he ended his sobriety. Uh, but then immediately Sandoval starts going like about him being late. He's like, oh, dude, you were late for my podcast, dude. No, Nick, you were totally late. Nick's like, what are you talking about? Dude, you were, dude. You were like, you were like between like, I told you like 530 and 630 and you showed it like 830, dude. And he's like, Tom, that's not true. It, it, dude, you were like two hours late, dude. And he's like, dude, no, I was not. I was not, you said like, I need a favor to ask. Can you please do my podcast? And I said, Tom, Tom, I have a busy day, but let me get back to you. But I definitely can do it at some time at night, but I'll get back to you. We definitely did not have a time set. And then I followed up with you, dude. You were like, dude, like you were late, dude. Um, It's like, uh, what? Like it was. He just won't, like, Sandoval won't drop it. He's like, no, dude, you were late. So instead of apologizing and just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. He immediately goes in on Nick saying Nick did the same thing to him. And Nick's like, I absolutely didn't. So this is a comedy of errors. This is when I was like, is this a sketch? Like, this feels like a bad SNL sketch. And SNL sketches, a lot of the time, are already bad. So Schwartz is talking about this trip to Thailand being like a a reset for him and Tom and for himself. And you know, it was, it was really great. And then it's back to Tom and why he was late. And, you know, Nick's like, uh, did you just wake up? Um, he's like, dude, I was hanging out with a friend. And it's like a girl guy dating, uh, no comment, dude, no comment. Like, oh, okay. Um, so I think that was interesting that he, that he, right there clocked that he says that he was hanging out with a friend, but he won't comment on who it was and if he's dating this person. So that would assume that like, he kind of probably was right. And uh, now we go back to once again, fighting about the late, like who texted who, let me check the text messages. We just will not get off this whole, uh, Sandoval being late, but also Nick potentially being late to Sandoval's podcast. So like a good 30 minutes of this feels like just talking about who was late to whose podcast first, which is really exciting for a podcast. Okay, so now Nick makes him feel a little comfortable after this. He's like, uh, I had the pleasure of a few Jeep rides on Special Forces with Mr. Sandoval. I enjoyed getting to know him. And we had about an hour conversation about Scandiball. And my hope of that conversation was just kind of like, I was just curious. I mean, I had just gotten to know you at the time. I was getting to know you during Special Forces. You know, you really stepped up in a lot of cases. And as I got to know you, I was like, who is this guy? Like, does he really regret this? Has he learned from this? Is he going to do it again in the future? And I'm just curious kind of where you're at now these days. Like, what have you been up to now? This is also interesting. A thing that, you know, Nick had revealed on his podcast about Sandoval showing everybody a picture of Rachel. And that's why I think that they made an agreement to not talk about her because this would have been a time to bring that up as, as well. So Sandoval, like Nick, dude, all bullshit. aside thought, man, like it was actually really nice getting to know you, dude. I thought, I thought everything you went through, like literally like, like you went through you like you deserve the finish and the win and i thought you did fucking great you carried me on your shoulders dude which i was really honored and i felt bad about like i felt like fucking bad and the next like i'm confused about the depth of your guys's bond are you guys like um you know, or actually uh, Schwartz says this. Uh, I'm, I'm confused about the depths of your guys' bond. Like, do you guys text each other on a regular basis? Do you like really develop a special bond during special forces? And they're like, yeah, you do develop this kind of bond, which if you watch the show, which I watched the entire season, it really was fucked up. Like I just, even for like eight days or however long they were, it just seems, it seems like a miserable place to be. Uh, I just really what just, I, I just, I would have been out the first episode. Like I would have been like Tara Reid, where she's like, I can't do this. Or black China. She's like, no, nope, I'm not out. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. And then Nick hits like Schwartz kind of with, with a question of like, would you trust someone you care about to date Tom Sandoval today? And Schwartz is like, oh, it depends on the person. <laughs> My answer is it depends on the person. I mean, like, I would love to even know a little bit more in depth what that means. Um, you know, (laughs) know, are you, he's like, are you ready to protect someone's heart? And, um, you know, Sandoval's like, dude, am I ready to protect somebody's heart? Yeah, of course I am, dude. Like, I don't know what to say, except like I fucked up and I know that like I did that. It doesn't matter the scenario. It doesn't matter. I fucked up. And you know what? I do love heart. I really do. And unfortunately, being vulnerable dude being in like a situation like got me to throw you know logic and everything out the window and people's feelings and ariana's feelings and i regret it hardcore dude i really do i can't do anything about it except just try you know and Nick's like you can learn from it yeah exactly dude i've learned so much like for instance you know you know to take a page out of katie's book like with schwartz like ariana was you know she was like I know she was like, I don't know what, like my life will be like without you, you know, all this stuff. And I like, I could have, like, I should have, I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to be a better person. So this is actually the transcript you guys. So it is like, what's he saying? But it is a little bit of like, what is he saying? He's like, I'm just trying to be a better person. I swear to God. Like, I really am. Like, I don't know what to say. Like what I've learned, like I'll like, like learn not to ever do it again. Like to not ever be in a nine year fucking relationship and in it that way, dude, and, you know, that makes sense. But he's saying it with, like, kind of this underlying anger. Like, to not ever, like, you know, to not ever, like, cheat that way. Like, dude, I'm never going to do that. Like, what do you mean? Like, cheat? Like, that's never going to happen again. Because Nick said, like, oh, to not ever cheat that way? He's like, dude, no, not. What do you mean cheat? Like, no, I'm not going to ever do that, dude. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not going to, like, cheat different. Like, no, no. I'm not going to have an affair, dude. And Nick's like, just clarifying, just clarifying. Um, George is like, that's good. Like the clarification, the the clarification is good, actually, you know? And Nick's like, well, I'm not trying to be hard on you. Like I, I, I have people I care about who have been unfaithful to their partners. You know, people who are close to me, they remain close to me because those people truly show that remorse and regret. They got into therapy. It was more than just being like, Hey, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And they kind of identified those triggers, you know, things in the past. So for example, you know, learned about why in those critical moments did they choose one path versus the other, you know, so that in the future they could say, you know, I'm finding myself in a similar situation that urge for validation that whatever, whatever it was that driving force that caused them to do that. Um. And you know, that once, you know, that is the key to forgiveness, right. Is learning your own behaviors, learning your own triggers and trying to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I think Nick's trying to explain that to Tom and almost give Tom this kind of lifeline to be like, Oh dude, exactly. But he really won't, but he's like, Oh dude, it's really hard for me to speak about this with Ariana because I don't want to dishonor her, but there are a lot of things that was going on with our relationship that I just don't want to talk about, you know, um, um, you know and nick's like we're not allowed to talk about it? like i would love to talk about it like he's like no dude i'm i'm allowed to talk about it but not right now like i I can say whatever the fuck i want like of course like i'm just not going to like i'm just not going to like well like i don't i don't like i don't want to like I, you know i was in a relationship that was you know um and Nick's like you fell out of love and you handled it in the worst way possible exactly dude it's a cautionary tale um I will say on a positive note, so many people have come to me at like Tom, Tom, Schwartz and Sandys and confided that they were in a similar situation because of last time, like all it's the last time I'll ever say the word scandal, you know, like they had an awakening and they're like, I need to see, like, like we need to see couple therapy, like sit down, have that conversation. So this is saying like, they've had people come up to them and say that them showing this scandal inspired them to get into couples counseling. Imagine how dark your relationship has to be that you went up to Schwartz or Sandoval and said, this inspired me as a couple to get into therapy. Like that is so hard to imagine, like how hard you want to talk to Schwartz or Sandoval that you would actually throw your partner under the box and say, I don't know. I, I didn't find that as inspiring as that they potentially did, if that makes sense. And then Sandoval asked Nick, like, what's his longest relationship he's been in? And like eight years, they're like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And then Schwartz jumps in. And he's like, um, you know, like, um, your mind probably goes blank. Like, and like, listen, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not here to be a Sandoval apologist. I'm very critical of him, Nick. People don't see that on the show. And like, we have great conversations, like one on one behind closed doors. Like, and he says all the right things. And then sometimes on a public forum, you know, like you have a tendency, I, you do Sandoval to get defensive. And like, you have a tendency to get a little defensive. But like, I know as a dear friend of yours, you regret everything you did on a deep, fucking level dude you know like i mean you have turned your whole life upside down i mean but you're trying to move forward i would love to be privy to those behind the closed doors conversations away like what do you think that is like dude 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 let's hug dude like i would love to be privy to those conversations but here once again is schwartz defending sandoval but also pointing out what we keep talking about is that in a public forum he does not communicate well and we see that really that has hit home in this interview especially oh man you got. Oh God, I'm reading from a transcript that is like word for word and it is just painful. And Medita just sent me some great notes, like bullet point notes. So I'm going to switch to those right now because the transcript is, it's really just, it's wild, the communication back and forth. And when you're reading it directly from a trance, like it's just, and if you listen to the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about um but anyway schwartz is like sandoval tends to get defensive he's like hurt on a deep level and sandoval's like it's been 10 months dude i don't know what to say like i'm just a slave to my emotions dude and it's like i love ariana and care about like but dude throughout the relationship dude she talked down to me dude i was this tiny dude she would i was this low like and this is where the anger starts really coming out and you're like oh my god Dude, please stop. Like, and Schwartz is like, oh fuck, oh fuck. But it's like, how do you say you love and care about her? But like, oh, but also she's a piece of shit. And then he's like, I was belittled, dude, and I acted out because of it. So once again, excuse time. And then he goes on this what this wild thing that I was like, what the hell are you like? dude Raquel, Raquel dude she essentially did like that whipped cream bikini scene from varsity blues dude and I was like being talked down in the relationship no sex for a year dude and then like whipped cream the bikini scene and she was like I was like I guys I thought I was like stroking out. I was like, "What? Wait, what are you talking about? A whip? Cr- I know the whipped cream bikini scene from Varsity Blues. Did she say? Was he meaning that Raquel like did a whipped cream or like was it metaphorically a whipped cream bikini scene from Varsity Blues? I was like, "Wait, what? I was so I I was I I mean, in those moments, there should be a safe word that Schwartz would could say of like Fidelio, Fidelio, where like Sandoval would just know stop talking like whipped cream bikini like." In Tom's head, that means something to him. I just don't understand necessarily what it means. You know, he's like, dude, I knew I should have broken up with her, dude, a year before. And like, you know, like I instigated the happiness in that relationship. And then Nick's uh, wife or girl, fiance, I think my wife says, well, why didn't you break up with her? It's like, dude, it's not that fucking easy, dude. And then Nick brings up the Ariana lawsuit in regards to the house. And Schwartz explains, oh, it's, you know, it's actually a court document to like push the sale of the house. And he's like, dude, I gave Ariana an offer of $3.1 million, dude, to buy her out, which is like over market value, dude. And Ariana hasn't paid a single bill for the house in eight months. I don't know if this is true, folks. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But also there is something of like Ariana can, you know, anyways, Tom says, Dude, she's being petty, dude, because she just doesn't want me to have the house, dude. And Nick says, Ariana has a right. She's entitled to be petty. And Tom's like, Ariana has everything going for her, dude. And Schwartz is like, yeah, Ariana hit the breakup lottery, man. And I'm like, oh, dude, like you guys both say dorky things. Like what? The breakup, lot, guys. Ah, it just shows like the way they think about this and the way they do talk about this behind closed doors. It's dark. And Nick points out, Tom broke Ariana's heart, Tom, you know, he's like, and she broke mine, dude. I'm like, Oh man, what? And she broke mine. Like, because she actually doesn't want you to have the, how it's weird. It's like just painting this thing of like, it's reverse engineering. Why he did his behavior, why he did what he did Which, anyways, Nick says, uh, Tom, you know, asked Tom if he wants peace. And he's like, dude, of course I want peace, dude. I want Ariana like to do fucking well. And like, I hope it keeps going. And she was like, she's thriving, dude. She's thriving. Yeah, Ariana should like, you know, like focus energy, like, like instead of being like spiteful, man. And, you know, it's been 10 months and it's not a good look, dude. It's not a good look. And I'm like, dude, every time it's not been a good look, it's been you. Like you can do little things with Ariana, I guess. And like uh, in terms of internalized misogyny and like shit I'd see of like people just like, oh, she shouldn't look happy or she shouldn't get this. Like, it's always like bullshit. But then this kind of stuff of like, it just truly confuses me and upsets me in a whole new way. And it reignites why people were angry with this dude in the first place. You know, it's not a good look. It's been 10 months and it's not a good look. She doesn't even talk to you, dude. Is that the part that's not a good look? Is that you wish you could be a friend with her? Schwartz changes the subject. He's like, oh, let's talk about the Emmys. We lost. Um, And, you know, people always think I'm a Sandoval apologist, but I'm just not, dude. But I've just done it for the last hour, man. And Nick's like, well, have you worked on your selfishness? And, you know, you're always accused of being a narcissist. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, like I've, I've, I've friends. Um, you know, to tell me if um I'm being a dick. Like, I spent four months in couples therapy with Ariana. And like I wanted to tell Ariana about the affair. Okay, this is another big button. We've talked about this before with the Howie Mandel podcast. If you've been in couples therapy with somebody for four months, but you are hiding a secret the whole time that you are actively cheating on her, you have completely undermined what the therapy is for in the first place. Do you understand just because you are at the therapy does not mean that everything's gravy You are still holding a huge, even if you wanted to tell her, you are still not. So therapy is bullshit because you wanted to go to therapy because you were hoping the therapist would do the heavy lifting of like, see, you guys shouldn't be together. And he'd be like, ah, see, I'm sorry. The therapist said it. Um, anyways, well, I wasn't cheating on you. I can leave cleanly, even though he was cheating on her. That's why it's so messed up because he's actually using tools that help better people. But he was hiding this real big secret from, uh, from Ariana. And Sandoval says like, no one knows his relationship with our, no one knows my relationship with Ariana, dude. You know, it's like, it's like, all I can say is I fucked up, dude. But that's a big thing too. It's like, no one knew his relationship with Ariana. Yeah, dude, we don't know those times. We don't know those private good times you had. Just like, we don't know the times that you talk about Schwartz, you know, behind closed doors and you make a lot of sense to each other. We don't know this shit and nor do we need to know those are your private times. But if you're trying to insinuate that she was just this monster which feels like what he's trying to do. That's when it gets into this realm of complete unfairness. Um, Sandoval is just really kind of feels very angry at this point. Um, He's like, "I, I can't ever tell what was happening in his relationship. And Nick's like, dude, I want to be able to say Sandoval's a good guy. And he's like, I am a good guy, dude. I am a good guy. You know, it's like me and Ariana, we were best friends. We were best friends, dude, but that went away. And this is tough. Like, because Sandoval, there's so much about him that is good, right? There is. Like, he is not just wall to wall evil. No, he is not. He is not. But the inability to actually take responsibility for this is making those parts of him that are a good guy, you know, you can tell he's getting angry. He's getting bitter because I think it is just so hard. And this is pure speculation. It is so hard for him to fail. Like, I think he's even potentially confused about why he did it. And now he's trying to replay all the bad times to try to be like, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's why, that's why you, you know, you got lost in the sauce. As Schwartz says, Schwartz says, um, yeah, dude, Tom and Ariana were twin flames, dude. Like I've never seen anything like it. And then Nick starts questioning Schwartz. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, uh, Schwartz is like, Schwartz says like I wasn't ready to be in a relationship. Like he Schwartz says he's also a good lover, but not sexually. <laughs> no, no, not sexually, dude. Just like no. Just like with the candies and stuff. He says he'll always love Katie and wonders one will wonder what could have been. And that's another thing too because I think Schwartz genuinely feels bad for himself. So, and I think that's potentially a kink of his where he actually will probably sit and wonder what could have been and he'll get wistful and things like that, because maybe there's this inability for himself to like get his Schwartz back. Um, And I think he does himself a disservice to that. And he, like I said, just how he relies on his friendships with Jax and Sandoval for things that he should be potentially doing for himself. Um, But Schwartz says now he feels present after his trip to Thailand, Thailand, Hong Kong and Singapore. So he feels like he's on the right track. And then Sandoval, back to him, he's like, Ariana was like the first person that like, I valued her opinion, dude. And I just love that this is like a big shot. Fuck Dodie, dude. Fuck all the... No, but like, I valued her opinion. Yeah, because just like, okay, this is is how I think of this. He valued her opinion because Ariana does come off this like this person that is really smart and funny and kind of gets what's going on and sees the world in a very uh, specific way. And that's like, I like Ariana for those reasons as well, but he valued her opinion because of all of these things. But that's also potentially why it's coming off that he hates her now. Because all of those things he loved her for came back to bite him in the ass because now she does know what's up and she is able to call, you know, call it out like uh, the worm is worming and is able to see him for what he is scared that he is. Uh, but he's like, I deeply respected her, dude. Like she like I call her like an information booth, you know, And he speaks about her intelligence, puts her on a pedestal. He wants a more mutual relationship. And then uh, the Nat- Natalia Joy asks, when did he lose respect for Ariana? Which is a great question. And Sandoval says like, dude, I was belittled so much. You know, it's like, I fell in love outside of the relationship and that made me blind to her feelings. And I think that was true. Like, I think he used that relationship with Rachel to actually kind of like engage his rage with Ariana. Now the belittling thing though, it's like, you got to understand when you're in a nine year relationship, I've been in a, I've been in a nine year relationship and it's not, you know, just remember, it's not all hot and heavy relationship goes in peaks and valleys. It's a roller coaster at times, at times it's boring. It's like, it's all of those things, but you know, that's part of a long-term relationship. It isn't going to be somebody with whipped cream on their bosoms, like in varsity blues, and I think Tom is failing, you know, he keeps saying like the nine years thing, the nine years, um, and the belittling, you know, it's not like Ariana was sitting there going, you piece of shit. Do you be, it just wasn't that he was, you know, he wasn't a King. He wasn't the man. Like they were in a real relationship. Think about all you guys that have been long-term relationships, Are you lovey-dovey with your partner every day? No, certain months you are, maybe certain weeks you are, but not 24-7. But that's part of being in a committed relationship, right? Is that you are on the same page. And when you're not, it does really screw things up. And then, I don't know. So it, it is interesting to hear him speak about that, but it led him to falling in love with somebody else, he's saying. And that made him then blind to her feelings And made him really think differently about the relationship, even though he still wasn't or didn't have the courage. And it's hard to actually tell her that he was falling in love with somebody else. Instead, he went to therapy and tried to like point out these little things to probably it probably made her feel like she was going crazy. Um, Santa was like, I completely threw away logic, dude. I was not myself. I was like a drug addict. And we don't go further into that, but I'm assuming that's what like Schwartz was saying on Watch What Happens Live of like, Rachel's like heroin to him, dude. He was like heroin. But yeah, like you do throw away logic. Like he probably felt like a kid again. It was like, oh, it was like that hot and heavy romance that is so exciting of the possibilities about this. But the only thing is, oh my God, I'm in this nine year relationship where I live with this person. Sandoval says he's in therapy, which man, whoever that therapist is, I would, I would love to get permission to put you on Vanderpump rules and see what the fuck is up. Okay. Now the serious part, he says he's finally able to grieve his friend, Ali, which we talked about on tonight's uh, episode on episode one of season 11 and said he was late because he had been crying uh, for two hours. And there, you know, my heart does go out to Sandoval for that, that, that it really is, really is horrendous to deal with that on top of the mistakes he made in this. But yeah, like that's, you know, I'm not telling you guys to go out and give Sandoval a hug, but I do. I, I just imagine that's got to be really hard because he probably needs Ali right now. Uh, and Nick asked him, do you feel like you are a victim? And so I'm like, no dude, no. But then he like, fuck sweet lady Jane, the cake place, put Ball the liar on a cake, dude. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? And Schwartz is like, um, Tom was at his lowest point when he heard about the cake. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm so sorry to laugh, but it's just, we're, we're, we're like talking about a cake. Somebody asked them to put Santa a liar on a cake. And they put it on their Instagram. Like guys, Oh my God, you were part of a cultural pop culture moment. You were on a reality show. It wasn't like Sweet Lady Jane just does this to bystanders of like, Randy's a fucking asshole. Like, no, you were on a TV show that was getting the highest ratings on cable TV at the time. Everybody was making money off this thing. And Sandoval said like, oh, was at my lowest point, dude. Like I come home, they're shooting a commercial in my house, dude. Making fun of my nail polish, dude. My batteries. asked kyle chan to come pick up my two guns and that was like i was like holy shit like that was the darkest moment of this interview and i haven't really seen a lot of people talk about that but to me that was like oh shit like he had two guns and he asked kyle to take them away and i i just that really that's very scary to hear And like things like that, you guys, is why I always push for like and like I said, I'm not a Rachel apologist, but like maybe Tom needed like I don't care about the financial situation, but maybe for long term success for his mental health, if that was a comment that came out of his mouth, maybe like he shouldn't have been going so hard in the paint and actually taking care of what was going on in his mind, instead of worrying about the paychecks, about special forces, the podcast, the band, the Bump rules. Like that's fucking real. You put that out there, two guns. I'm not even worried about just Tom, but like, what else can you do with guns? Like, I'm like, what a sweet lady Jane. Like you're that angry. Like, I mean, who knows? That's a really scary comment. Um, and Schwartz is like, Sandoval's full of regret and remorse. Like he's a really good person. Once again, the sandovalogist the apologist of sandoval and um schwartz praises sandoval for all that he's accomplished and then natalie joy asks if they've done an orgy together which is a great it's a great comic relief and Schwartz is like no no we made a pact early on never to see each other's penises dude um and then they go to callers to give relationship advice which wasn't as bad as howie mandel shaving tom's mustache but it is it is interesting and schwartz was like to one caller of like come into Tom, Tom or Schwartz and Sandy's like, I'll take care of you. Like Schwartz is always looking to make somebody else's experience better. And Sandoval does that as well. Um, but overall this was it. I mean, I sped it way up. This was like a two and a half hour thing. And, um, I was hoping to have more fun recapping it, but it it, just like listening to it. It was, it was kind of dark. There was not those comic moments and there was not the ability for Tom to even laugh at himself in any of these moments and it was a train wreck, but it was a train wreck. They kind of got me upset at Sandoval, but also made me feel really worried about Sandoval in some ways. And, you know, we're starting this whole circus up again. And I just think if you are looking to have some sort of redemption season, stop doing podcasts, stop doing your own podcast, stop talking about this situation for right now I mean I was even watching the Vanderpump Rules after show which you can watch on um um uh sorry you can watch on Peacock but they you know even in watching some of the clips with Sandoval it's just the way he talks about things is just like dude you can just you can just feel the 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 anger you can feel the anger he has not at himself but at Ariana in certain situations or even the summer moon thing I'm like dude Like we get it. You didn't block summer moon. We get you blocked Sheena and all that stuff, but like try to start. And I know that's what, but like you're going to eventually start, you know, you need to find like to start having some laughs at your own expense to realize, Oh my God, I just can't get it right now. I blocked a kid. Like, I know that's, that's, that's hard to do, but you are 10 months away from this thing. You're, uh, you know, like you're, you're close to that year anniversary of the whole thing. And that's what worries me is that he's not able to even consider potentially laughing at how stupid he's been because there's still so much anger. And I worry for him in that sense, if this is what we get out of him now, and now we have this show and everybody kind of talking about it again, where does this go from, from there? And it is interesting too. I was just thinking about that thing of like, sometimes like when magic like the magic of somebody's like soul or inner being kind of goes away from them. And I feel like if we, you know, joke about Schwartz, like finding the Schwartz, I feel like whatever that is with Sandoval, he needs to find that for himself and, you know, like going on vacation, but then taking a picture with the tigers. Like, it's like, I feel like it's another thing. like, I can't, I can't fucking win for losing dude. And I'm sure that feels like that. But I, I would say when you make, when your life is so public, maybe it's time to actually start taking it down a notch and trying to, I don't know. I, I, I'm i the worst person to give advice for this because I'm so fucked up myself, but it is that thing where I, 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 I worry about him, but I also, at the end of the day, think he's really wrong in a lot of his, the way he feels and looks at this situation. And I'm glad he has Schwartz to defend him, even though Schwartz says he's not I'm glad there is that. Like, I don't want him to be on an island, but if anything, just remember, Rachel is still probably more on an island than Sandoval is. So you can feel bad, but you also have to take into account the Rachel of all of this as well. And, you know, Sandoval, there was a power dynamic that was way out of whack. He's much older than Rachel. You know, Rachel, I I mean, those are the other things you have to consider with this as well. And with Rachel not being on the show, Tom is able to keep putting his narrative out there, which just seems to be a lot of, you know, I was belittled by Ariana, and that led me to do this instead of accepting this. Like, and I would wonder what his therapist would say about what does it mean when you take responsibility for something. Does it mean that you still, still keep giving reasons why the other person is potentially at fault? That's the thing I wonder is like, who is, who is sharing with this man about what it means to take personal responsibility for something? Cause even Schwartz says I take responsibility for my actions, everything. And you know, Schwartz will even, you know, laugh about his own behavior, maybe a little too much. Sometimes I don't know. I'm so confused about all of this. Also, I wanted to add Lala and watch what happens live with Michael Rappaport they did a poll on like, do you understand why Ariana like would not want you to talk to Rachel after you gave people such shit about Randall and Lala couldn't understand it. Lala and Lala's so smart. So I know she does understand it. I don't know if she was just playing dumb. She's like, I don't know. I like, you know, sometimes I just act the way I act, but like, I don't understand. Like I don't get the correlation. I don't, I'm like, how do you not get the correlation? You freaked out at Schwartz for playing pickleball with Randall, which by the way is kind of ridiculous, but now you don't like, but the rules don't apply to you. That's, that's the kind of like, that's the contradiction. And sometimes Lala can come off like a hypocrite and we know she's smart. So that's the thing that I sometimes get frustrated. And I think sometimes certain audience, you know, the audience gets frustrated with Lala as well because of moments like that. Like, I understand what she's saying in regards to bringing Lola back in the fold and not wanting her to be alone because even Sandoval has people like I understand that. But you also have to realize in that moment of like, yeah, this probably looks completely ridiculous because of the lashings I gave Schwartz and how I told everybody they better not be hanging out with Randall. Anyways, I've talked way too much today. I hope you guys have found some enjoyment in this somewhere. And thank you for tuning in to both episodes of this super size Vanderpump Rules. Phoenix, beginning, rising from the ashes, new season. Okay, you guys, I love you. I'll talk to you later. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies.